0: And welcome to a, another episode of A.T. Banter. With Sniffles. <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> just, just banter, banter, Danny. <laughs>
1: banter, banter.
0: Uh, hey, my name is uh, Rob Minow, Uh AKA Sneezy McSniffles. Uh, <clears throat> joining me today is uh, Mr. Ryan Fleury. Hello, everyone. I'm feeling fine. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you've <laughs> made that painfully obvious uh, to me during our, our conversation so far. Uh, hey, how are you? I'm doing great, actually. Yeah, no, actually, I know we already covered that. I know. Uh, yeah. Well, so f- for our uh, our dedicated listeners who may realize that I don't sound quite myself this week. Uh, He's on NyQuil yeah i've uh i've come down with that uh (laughs) that cold that everyone's talking about out there i don't know how ryan i really need to take a page out of your book and just not leave my house ever i keep telling you outside's bad there's danger out there yeah i mean honestly i don't even leave my house that much i don't even know where i caught this thing but uh uh, yeah i mean it must have been at the subway line the grocery store or something yeah i don't even go to subway i don't even know where Eh, it's probably somewhere i don't know maybe, maybe <laughs> it was at the blind beginnings office or something i don't know oh well. anyways whatever but my dedication to the show knows no bounds i'm here even though i feel lousy uh and, and uh yeah kudos to do, you it'll be a great
1: show the show must go on
0: well i'm just gonna pause the cough
1: And typically our show
0: is an hour. This
1: one may be longer.
0: (laughs) Maybe. No, listen, uh, I'm good. I think I'm good now. Uh, Uh, Hey, well, so listen, before I collapse in a puddle of uh, medicated (laughs) goo, uh, why don't you tell everybody uh, at home what the heck we're doing
1: today? Sure. So today joining us, we have Marcy Yale, who is the president of the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians joining us to talk about the organization and an event happening on December 3rd. Welcome, Marcy.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> Glad you could join us.
2: Oh, yes. it's It sounds like it's going to be a very laughter-filled episode.
0: We try.
3: <laughs> we try.
0: If if nothing else, our sniffles, a lot of sniffles and coughing, <laughs> perhaps, uh, among other things. The but show
3: no, will I, go
1: on. It will. So, Marcy, why don't you start by telling our audience a little bit about yourself and how you became involved with the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians.
2: Well, let's see a little bit about myself. Um, I live in Huntsville, Ontario, uh, which is right now very cold. Um uh, <laughs> Uh, I have a guide dog. I was born and raised and spent most of my life in Toronto. I've been blind all my life, uh, which means I've been an advocate all my life because I really think that that, I think they come together. I don't think you can be blind and, and not be an advocate unless you're not independent at all because there's always something. Um, Back in 2001, a friend of mine who unfortunately uh, passed away this year, um, John Ray, uh, talked me into joining what was then called the um, National Federation of the Blind Advocates for Equality, or NFBAE. And uh, he talked me into going to the Toronto chapter meeting. And I think it, I think at that same chapter meeting, I got elected secretary. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. And then he t- twisted my arm six months later, or not even six months later, in May of 2002. said, come on, join the National Board. Let's see if you can, you know, come on, join the National Board. So I did. I got elected to the national board as a director. And then due to circumstances, I ended up as secretary. <laughs> so I was secretary for Toronto and national for six years. Uh, that was fun. Uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm an advocate. So <laughs> it was sort of, you know, you, be in the middle, in the thick of things.
1: So the NFBAE, that was the National Federation of the Blind out of the U.S., right?
2: NFBAE was an an offshoot. So the the two founders of the organization in Canada wanted it to be, um, wanted it to have the same philosophy as the NFB in the States. And so they called it. National Federation of Blind advocates for equality, and for the first six, five or six years, the conferences actually happened in the states as part of the NFB conferences. So people were actually funded to go to the states for a conference. That was before my time. Right. Uh, um, by 1998, they were having con- they were holding their conferences in Canada. And uh, one was in Vancouver, one was in Victoria, and I, I never remember which one happened first and which one caught, was where the schism happened, where um, a group of the original people or the people that were members at that point, a group of them decided that they wanted a Made in Canada version of an advocacy organization. They didn't want to be an offshoot of an american organization and so they split off and <laughs> i i don't know how they managed it but they took the name with them so the new organization the other half had to name themselves again and they right. called themselves the canadian federation of the blind or cfb and they are still around yep um they have a chapter in BC, and then they have a chapter in Ontario, and they may have others, but those are the two that I know of. And in 2004, we went through the horrendous task of finding a new name. Mm-hmm. So we spent four hours going back and forth. Oh, it was awful. Uh, going back and forth between all of these names and people would yell out new names. Uh, and finally, uh, unfortunately, in my opinion, but finally, uh, the Toronto chapter president at the time yelled out, what about a, Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians? And there and was here we are. silence <laughs> and here we are. And I think it was honestly, everybody was so frustrated by that point that, that it was like, yeah, it has everything we want. It may not be perfect, but we'll take it.
1: Perfection's hard to find. We've, we've, <laughs> we, we fight that every
0: week with our podcast, AT Banter. <laughs> yeah, We've been, we've been trying to rename our podcast. for, I like, for like
2: that. Five though.
0: years now and we've gone nowhere, but. No, I think no, it's, it's,
2: I actually think it's kind of neat. I, I well, really thank do. you. Uh, yeah. So that that's A, B, C, and I mean, amazingly enough, this is our thirtieth year. It started in 1992, and it's 2022, and it's right. wow. Um, and we're still here. we're still causing trouble and we're still yeah we're still fighting for things that we shouldn't have to fight for anymore but we have to fight for them
1: like like i said (laughs) and being a national organization we have chapters across the country as well can you talk a little bit about the chapters and the work they do
2: sure um the chapters mainly deal well not mainly but they mostly deal with advocacy issues at the local level. So, uh, we have right now, we have three chapters and one quote unquote affiliate. Um, BC has the affiliate and it basically amalgamated in the end about six or seven chapters because at one, t- at one time, there were quite a few chapters right. in BC, um, I think at one point I could name them all,
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I'm not going to try, No, it's <laughs> but Vic- v- Vancouver and Kelowna survived all of the attrition. And so they finally decided that there were enough people outside of Vancouver and Kelowna that could help do some of the work. And they what was happening was that usually whoever was on the Vancouver or Kelowna executives were also on the BC affiliate executives because they were the people who were doing the work. Right. So <laughs> they were doing twice the work because they would do it at one level and then go do the same kind of thing at, at the other level. So last year they decided that 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 enough was enough, and uh, the Kelowna chapter had. Dwindled. Um, Vancouver still had quite a few members, but Kelowna was really getting down, and so they decided to amalgamate, put all the the members as part of the BC affiliate, which they already were. So they just basically got rid of a la- a, a layer yeah. there. Um, so they've done things with TransLink uh, for Vancouver. They've done, uh, you know, also uh, they've they helped with some things going on in Victoria with human rights complaints. They've talked to the BC Health um, Ministry. They've talked to housing. Uh, We had a uh, we had a meeting with the housing minister um, just recently, and he's now. Isn't he now your your premier, David Eby? Yeah. Yeah. So we actually met with him. Thanks. <laughs> Isn't that neat? Um then we've got one in Toronto, and they've done their main thing seems to be employment. They've done a lot of employment trading work. Um, they're doing another COVID 19 thing with uh SILT, which is the Centre for Independent Living, Toronto. Uh, So they've done a bunch of vaccination town halls as well. Um, Halifax has not done much lately, but they've been known to do some fundraising and uh, it's another small chapter. And Ottawa Gatineau, um, I think their claim to fame is (laughs) e-scooters. Right. They've been going up against the city of Ottawa for the last couple of years. And apparently the city has now produced its report for the for the end of of pilot number three. Um, so we'll see what happens there, but they're they're very active uh, trying to get Ottawa to uh, not uh, allow e-scooters to continue. Um,
3: yeah, it's interesting I'll- how
1: different regions of the country have different priorities. You know, yeah. like you're talking about Ottawa's talking about e-scooters and, and fighting that battle. We don't really hear about e-scooters out here unless I'm just not watching the right news channels. Um, you know, or Toronto or Halifax for that matter. So, like I said, it's interesting how we have different topics of interest in the different regions of Canada.
0: That that's interesting to me too because I'm just looking at all the different advocacy issues that you guys are tackling, and <laughs> they they're. It's huge. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's everything from, you know, accessible elections to guide dog awareness to, um, you know, things like hybrid cars and, and what Ryan was talking about, the, the e-scooters, poverty reduction. Media so I guess my, my, yeah. my question yeah. is the, the chapters then when they take on some of these different advocacy issues, are they working on a, on a local level for those or are they also working on sort of a, a national uh, level as know. well?
2: Just depends what it is. Uh, Toronto also, Toronto was helped with the e-scooter issue there. They actually got the council to ban them. So Toronto chapter did a little bit of work um, with e-scooters as well. So it's not just Toronto, not just Ottawa, but uh, and we've sent letters. But some sometimes these local issues can become national. Uh, The e-scooter issue has sort of become national. I mean, I've been, I've sent letters to Brampton, to Mississauga, to Hamilton, to, uh, I know there's another one. I just can't remember what it is. But so sometimes they, they grow, they start local. And then we realized that, oh, the same thing is happening elsewhere. And so you just take what what they started with and just, you know, move it to wherever else it's needed.
1: Yeah, it's like elections, you know, you can take elections yeah. oh, locally oh, yeah. in, in BC and accessible voting and, you know, then you can take it federally as well, right? And we're still don't have accessible elections or independent voting, You know, so that's you know a national, but also a regional issue that you know we're tackling as well.
2: Well, and the problem with elections is that it's three tiered. You've got the municipal elections, which which some of them can be really accessible. And Huntsville and a few other cities around here used internet and telephone voting. Right. So even if you were technologically (laughs) <laughs> uh a luddite <laughs> you could still vote because you could use a phone yeah. you know the lowest common denominator and we had it um and then you get provincial elections where they won't do that but they'll do you know the voting machines the electronic voting machines and if then you got, yeah well, <laughs> yeah and if the person knows what they're doing right uh yeah that's always a point um And then you've got the federal elections where they don't like any of that stuff. And, and so you're back at, at, you're like, you're in the, 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 the the goal in the, the ice age, you know?
1: Well, and that's why, you know, I, we kind of. sort some of us actually have high hopes for the accessible Canada act and even the provincial acts that are being worked on as well. Hopefully some of these items will be addressed. Maybe. (laughs) We can hope, right? We can All be part right. of, can
2: part can of that
0: process.
2: We yeah. can hope, but don't don't set your expectations too high, right? So when,
0: <laughs> and and how important is that with some of these advocacy issues? Is it is it important in some ways to just make these issues more visible to the, to the general public or to to the federal government in general? Like just making noise about these some of these issues is. Is sort of half the exercise. Is is that kind of right?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta keep them front and center. Uh, it's really easy for someone to forget. <laughs> no simple thing. It, it's it's like everything else out of sight, out of mind, right? Yeah.
0: Well, and I think that for especially for the general public and the media, um, some of these things don't just don't even come to mind. Like in the e scooters, and I think hybrid cars are a perfect example of that. Everyone just thinks that they're super cool and they're neat. And they don't think about the issue about them being so quiet and being driven on sidewalks and stuff. It, it just, it doesn't occur to them. And so that's why, you know, you know, organizations like yours, that's, that's making noise about these things um, I think really helps bring the, those issues to the forefront and makes people kind of think twice.
2: No, we try.
1: Well, we've talked about that on the show in the past too, right? How many people on a daily basis Use curb cuts or ramps, right? They don't even think about why those were implemented in the first place. They just use them. People and, and, they, and they
2: sure you know. and they sure bitch if they aren't there.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You, know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got 100%. a you got a
2: shopping cart full of stuff, or a, yeah. you know, yeah. a, a a suitcase, and Life. you're dragging it. Yeah, and all of yeah. a sudden there's a a, a drop yeah. Or, yeah. or a step, and it's like oh
0: yeah. That didn't you know, just happen out of the kindness of people's hearts. You know? Well, and I think that the other interesting thing uh, about the organization that I think is really important is the fact that it's, it's driven and it's run by people in the community, which a lot of times in, in the past, historically, a lot of advocacy organizations are, are run by able-bodied people who, who don't have um, you know, uh, experience on the ground of some of the issues and and they 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 miss them or they don't you know they don't it doesn't even get on their onto their radar
2: and yeah you know what those are the ones that get government funding the little the little organizations like ours don't um we don't get (laughs) which is really you know if you look at it it's interesting um the big service organizations yeah. uh who may be charities uh get government funding and get get the general public think that they're the best thing since sliced bread right uh, and here we are we are volunteers um and boy it would be nice to get paid for all the work that we do right but that just doesn't happen <laughs>
0: Well, and that's got to be really frustrating for, for both the organization and for the community, because here you have something that's community driven that, you know, the list of, of, of issues that you guys are sort of fighting for is, is lengthy uh, and they're all incredibly important yet. um, Yeah. Some of these bigger organizations that, that are sort of run by, uh, not, not that they're, they're not doing good work. I'm sure they are. But, you know, at the same time, I, I think that that we need to put funding towards, um, you know, sort of grassroots, community-driven organizations like AEBC.
1: Well, and I do want
0: to step in real quick and say, you know, the organization
1: does work in cooperation with other blindness organizations in Canada. You know, we're not all necessarily agreeing all the time on certain things, but we are at the table with each other probably more often than not and having a cohesive front, right? You know, and we've talked about that on the show before. You know, the reason nothing gets done is because nobody can agree on anything. You know, that's kind of, I say that kind of tongue in cheek, but, you know, AEBC is at the table with CNIB, with CCB, with, you know, Fighting Blindness maybe, or whoever the other organizations are on specific topics. We're not just tackling all of these necessarily on our own all the time.
2: No, I believe in collaboration. More heads are better than one.
0: Um, well, so can you can you talk to us about some of the sort of the, the larger issues that you guys are are tackling currently? Uh, are, are there any sort of really ones that leap to mind in terms of, of ones that are really important for the organization to be to be hitting, especially these days when the Accessible Canada Act is sort of grinding its gears? Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, what sort of stands out to you?
2: Well, we've been talking about um well medical devices. So um there's there's a, a real push to get you know medical devices like diabetes, like the glucometers and the insulin
3: pumps right, right. to
2: get those accessible. I mean, look at the the COVID-19 home home tests that weren't accessible and probably still aren't Uh, (laughs) things like that should not be allowed to happen. There should be something in the, the, you know, the the health Canada should not be allowing inaccessible devices to come into Canada there. And we, we actually got uh, connected with the the general direct, Director General of the Medical Devices Division of Health Canada last year. And we were able to talk to him. and I think we gave him some definite food for thought because his comment was, well, the the Canada Health Act does not talk about, Uh, accessibility. It only talks about safety and efficacy. So they look at devices and are they safe? And do they actually do what they're supposed to do? Okay, great. We'll let them in. And I said, well, what if the device that you're talking about, if it doesn't talk, then how is it safe for us?
3: Mm Yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
2: and I think he had an aha moment, <laughs> and, <laughs> and sort of that. Said,
3: mm,
2: yeah, that makes sense. We're talking about safety. If you can't use the device properly, then it's not safe. Um, you know, example, there are no there are no accessible insulin pumps. So right, for yeah. someone who is, and ironically or not. Diabetes is one of the major causes of blindness. A hundred
0: percent. Plenty of people in the community that yeah. need accessible you know, insulin pumps. And the fact that they haven't really thought it's 2022 and they hadn't really thought of that yet uh, is amazing to me.
2: Yeah. So the, there are things that are starting to happen. Um, we also are trying to get script talk more. um. <laughs> more spread out over the country. Uh, Shoppers has it. Uh, that's the, the talking medical prescription labels for yes. anybody that doesn't know what that is. And now there's an iPhone app for that. So you don't even need a separate reader for it. The pharmacy just needs the ability to record the information onto the label. And then your even your iPhone can read it which is great, Uh, but there are very few, really, pharmacies across Canada that provide it. So again, there's the safety issue. If you've got 12 bottles of medication and you're supposed to take one one time, one three times a day, one you can't take with food, uh, one you can't take, you make sure that you don't eat grapefruit, uh, and you're supposed to remember all of this stuff because you don't have access immediately to the label on the bottle, um, that can become really unsafe. Right. But we're starting to work on that a bit more. Uh, and I think that one will be a collaboration effort because uh, Canadian Council of the Blind has also started to work on it. So I think we were we were working on at the same thing. Uh, so we might as well work together. Right. <laughs> So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where that's going to go. What else we've done? We've done a little bit of of poking the bear in terms of housing, um, right. and we've gotten a few. Like I said before, we got to meet with the BC Minister of Housing, which was quite the coup. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm trying right. to think what else we've been up to lately. Oh, There's, there seems to be a lot. What did I?
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. There's always it, work yeah. being done on accessible transportation, and yeah. Well, I mean, I think that 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 really speaks volumes about about just wh- why organizations like yours is, are are needed. Is because there are so many issues, and and a, a lot of them are I'll call them smaller not that they're, they're not important, but I just mean on, 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 on a, a sort of on a grand global scale uh, of accessibility and that that one organization just wouldn't be able to tackle on all on its own. And so I think that it, it you know, organizations like yours that can go out and advocate for these smaller issues uh, that don't, aren't gonna take, um, you know, super complicated fixes like the, and the, the script talk is a perfect example of that. I think I, you know, it, it's not rocket science. The technology is all in place. All it really needs to do is just for pharmacies to implement these things. So, and it doesn't need necessarily federal regulation and, and, you know, acts of legislation to, to make it happen. So I think that the, the, you know, the more organizations that we can have on the ground fighting for these um, little, little victories. Um, in the long run can make a huge impact uh, over
3: time.
2: The other thing is, is that because we are a small organization and we don't have any ties really to anything that would prevent us from taking a stand, we can take stands on issues that are maybe contrary to other organizations because our community Wants it that way. So we've been we've been talking about the new uh, can the proposed Canada Disability Benefit Act, good old Bill C twenty two and uh, Bill C twenty two. If it passes uh, the way it is now, will only affect people between the ages of eighteen and sixty four, which means that anyone outside of those age groups. Even if they have a disability, they won't be getting a benefit from this act, and we don't wow. believe that's we don't believe that that's right. You know, well, the, it's, the, it's
1: it's the, not the, right. The, My disability doesn't end when I turn sixty-five, right? No, no. it doesn't, and it doesn't.
2: <laughs> and if you had it from day one, yeah, it doesn't start at eighteen.
1: That's right. Yeah,
2: I mean, you've got people who who have disabilities who acquire disabilities later in life, but you have people. Who have had disabilities all their life, and yeah. that's right, they don't end at sixty five. Yeah, it's not a magic age where all of a sudden <laughs> your disability goes I'm away. I'm cured. <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah, yeah. that just doesn't happen. So we're we're fighting that, um, and so far, so far, I don't think it's it's helping in any way. But you know, we can only try, and then we can at least say that we did that we we didn't just sit back and let things happen. We tried to make a difference. and that's that's all always been my my view is that we need to try and make a difference. and uh, yeah.
0: um, so what are some of the hurdles, I guess, being a grassroots organization that is strictly made up of volunteers? I, I mean, I can't even imagine uh, this is probably a completely loaded question. But uh, I'm just curious to to hear your take on it. What what are some of the day to day organizational challenges that you guys come up against?
2: Oh, I bet Ryan could tell you that.
0: <laughs> we don't have
1: oh, enough people.
2: Well, we 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 have enough people if everybody worked. <laughs> if everybody did one thing, um, our members we could get a lot of things. Oh done. yes, for sure. But we have a group of members that are the workers of the organization. And then we have a bunch of people who just sit back and, um, and don't, I don't want to say that they do nothing because that would be no, sumptuous, but they do not um, work for the organization in, in, in any real capacity. So That's where our problems are, is the lack of capacity and the lack of funding, because if we had some more funding, we could hire someone to do the stuff that we are doing now um, so that we could do other things. Our board does everything. And uh, if we had the money to hire uh, an executive director, we might be able to offload some of the stuff that we do now. Um, Right. If we have applied for government funding, and honestly, I I, I don't know what it, what will happen if we get it, <laughs> because right. I think I think it will uh it will cause a lot of excitement and a lot of stress. Yes, but, right. But yes. in the end, hopefully, um, it would mean that we could we could hire some help.
3: help. Yeah,
1: we have multiple <laughs> committees that people can join as well regarding different topics like membership, like advocacy, like fundraising. And so, you know, there are certain members, some members who join multiple committees, um, you know, they meet usually once a month and, you know, they're like, like Marcy said, right. They're the worker bees. They're the ones that are putting letters together to write to government um, advocating for whatever more descriptive media on TV Um, you know, the list goes on. So, you know, we do have places for people if they're interested. Um, They just need to let us know what they want to do and what they're interested in and we can find a spot for them.
0: Well, you know, we should we should full disclosure. Actually, I'm surprised we haven't actually talked talked about this uh, until just now. But we speaking of worker bees, uh, AEBC has recently gotten a new worker bee in the form of Mr. Ryan Flurry. Uh, we, we talked <laughs> we talked a little while on the show back when you know we he, he was discussing how he had uh, been uh, what's what was the word not nominated. Nominated, yes. I didn't yeah. want to use use the word "strong-armed," but nominated, <laughs> nominated in on- the second round. <laughs> that's right. No- yeah. Nominated onto the the board. So, uh, so Ryan does have a, a very inside view uh, of all of this, and that's why you you keep hearing him say "wee wee wee." Yes. Um. So, but so so I am curious, Ryan. Like so far. I'm turning the tables on him now. I'm interviewing Ryan. Uh, (laughs) So far, like what, what's your experience been going from that sort of being a, a, somebody observing from the outside to now being sort of in the middle and being on some of these committees. What's that been like for you in the past few months? It's been a very large
1: learning curve. There's a lot involved for me because I haven't been in the advocacy space other than you know self advocating when I've needed to, um, really coming onto the board, I'm I'm seeing and hearing the struggles that an organization like ours has to deal with on a daily basis. Whether it's writing letters to a minister of the government, whether it's writing letters to city hall whether it's, you know, complaining about accessible voting and how, you know, one of our members wasn't able to vote independently. They had to have somebody cited help them. Um, So how is that secure and confidential? It's not. So all of these issues, you know, you kind of hear about them in passing, but now that, you know, my feet are in the fire, um, I see it and hear it every day. I, I see all of the things that this organization is working on um, in con- in cooperation with others in some regards, but there is a lot of work way, way more going on than I ever would have imagined. And I'll be upfront and honest and, and say, I had no idea what I was getting into, <laughs> not a clue. <laughs> and you know I, I've told Marcy, you know, I, I have a full-time job, right? I work at Canas Tech from nine to four. And if I wanted it to be, being on the board could be a second full-time job. There is right. that much work that needs to be done. And we need people to engage and, you know, if they want to participate, help us out or help some organization out. Cause like we mentioned earlier, we can't do all the work on our own. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's, there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of banging my head against the wall. (laughs) Um, but you know, right now for me, it's, it's getting through each day and just kind of looking at the little successes that, that come right across our desks right so I see the work that's being done I see the ups and I and I see the downs and it's tough like Marcy said we are all volunteers nobody is getting paid to do this work right um and that kind of makes us pretty unique so you know I have nothing but praise at this point for this organization and the work that's being done
0: well, and and let me ask this: and what what kind of work are you talking about? Like for when you when you bring on some people, is is it mainly just sort of you know writing letters and making noise? Do you need specific skill sets? What kind of thing? What what kind of people do, does the organization really need?
2: Hmm. People who are passionate and who want to work, like who want to even give ideas. They don't have to be letter writers. They don't have to be you know the the fantastic and the they didn't they don't have to be graduates of of english courses they just they have to be willing to give their ideas to give their time and
1: time is the big uh, one you know yes. time time and creativity you know we we have a newsletter called equalizer you know we could have con- people contributing to that we could have people contributing to our social media presence we get have people contributing to fundraising and helping suggest ideas and new ways to fundraise because everybody and their dog out there have their hand out for money. Um, you know, so creativity, passion for advocacy, um, or even just self-interest, you know, what would make your life better as a person who's blind, deaf, blind, or partially sighted? Come come and share that with us and, you know, see see how we can work that into what we do because we don't know at all and we're learning as we go along as well
2: very nicely said
0: yeah there you go look at that (laughs) i try
2: (laughs) i try yeah you do
0: we didn't even rehearse that marcy (laughs)
3: yeah
0: Yeah, it
1: is like i said it is you see the successes you see the lows and you just you have to keep going because you want to affect change and it's not about yourself it's about the overall community right we wouldn't have descriptive tv if it wasn't for AEBC, if it wasn't for cnib if it wasn't for all these different organizations coming together we wouldn't have braille on the elevator buttons we wouldn't have ramps if it wasn't for you know the paraplegic associations advocating for wheelchair ramps, like these, these groups are the ones that are affecting change for everybody. Right. So,
0: (sighs) well, you know, and it's interesting too, because, you know, we, we talked to um, we've been talking to to a few different global organizations as well recently. And a lot of, you know, the question that I always ask them is, you know, what, what's preventing the, the disability movement from really gaining ground, like a lot of other equity-seeking organizations have have been able to sort of move the needle on their issues, but the disability rights and and justice movements just haven't really had the same amount of success. And the answer that often that we get is that because the a lot of advocacy organizations in the disability sphere are just are, are run by able-bodied people. they they're not. They're not driven and and the the awareness that a lot of organizations that are that are run like yours by people in the community. And I think that that's really important. And I think that that it is really important to start to get some government funding um, into organizations like yours.
2: I think also that that disability is such a varied thing. So you've sure. got people with, Hearing disabilities and people with visual disability, vision disabilities, and people with mobility disabilities. And so, each of those are in all of the organizations in order to make real change, they need to learn to work together and to mm-hmm. think, think cross disability and not just, um, not just their own and, and. We try to do that. We try and not cause another disability organization or another group of disability di- people with disabilities barriers because of what we want, right? right. Because sure. that doesn't that doesn't solve anything. That just creates more problems. So, we're trying to to think outside the box and to, to and that's what needs to happen uh, for disability to become I don't know I mean we seem to go in cycles but what happens it seems is that one group will be top of mind for a few years Uh, and then it then the cycle will turn and that's that's kind of scary because you never know who's going to be the one that's you know what group is going to be the top of mind and so you have to you have to keep fighting and and hope that one day, maybe uh, people with disabilities will become, you know top of mind and and get yeah government attention right yeah, now. That, right now, we are not. We are definitely not,
0: yeah. well, and I think that that speaks more to sort of the media and just how the the media cycle goes. and and you know, social media, outrage and all of that. I mean, I, I think you're definitely right. I think that it, those do, it does work in a cycle. And I don't think that that has reflects anything on the importance of, of any of the issues. They're all very important issues. It's just that it seems like the mainstream audience, you know, only, only has a certain appetite for a certain amount of that. And then they, they sort of shut down. So, you know, you have these, these sort of these weird cycles where there's some outrage for a while and and a real push for that movement, but then you're right. it, it sort of, it fades over time. So, you know, what's the solution, you know, how do we sort of overcome that and, and address, you know, all the issues for everybody instead of like feeling like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's this community's turn now to sort of be at the forefront, um, because really that doesn't do them any good either. It, you know, yeah. Any given community that's at the, the center of attention for a few years, yeah, they have some su- support for a while, but then that fades and then they're right back to square one. So really what we need to do is we need to affect real positive change across all, all issues um, at the same time. And you know, I'm not, unfortunately, I'm not smart enough to know how to do that, but I am, I am. Are you? Well, <laughs> see, clearly Ryan is because I am. Been I a am rock pick- star pick- for me. The,
2: for this. I was just gonna. I was just gonna say. Well, that would be true inclusion, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I mean, you know, I guess the, you know, the upside, to not just be a Debbie Downer about it, but the upside to it is that you know, it's certainly the conversations are are getting louder. Um, we we are seeing some movement. Um, certainly people are 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 noticing. Um, accessibility and inclusion and um, disability justice uh, way more than they were five years ago. So, you know, I guess we got to take that as a a positive where we can. Well, that's why we keep pushing
1: forward and, and making as much noise as we can and celebrating persons with disabilities like we are going to on December 3rd. Oh, that's
0: right.
2: That's right.
0: Listen, this not only not only a worker bee, but a master of the segue. (laughs) (laughs) You you go, Ryan. That's right. Tell us us more.
1: So if if you aren't aware, December 3rd is International Day of Persons with Disabilities and the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians is holding an event that Marcy's going to tell us all about.
2: Yeah, so this is led by the Toronto chapter. It's their sixth event. Uh, the three of them were in person, and three have been virtual. Well, well, will have been virtual. And this year we have, <laughs> this year I think we 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 have a coup. We we uh, managed to do some really good outreach and we've got some amazing speakers. Uh, we've got, let's see, we got David Lepofsky opening things once our once our um indigenous respect has been provided. Then we have Ingrid Palmer, who is a um, she's an activist um in the People in the anything that has to do with people who are marginalized. Uh, She's the CEO and founder of Focus on Ability. Um, But then we're going to have a little fireside chat with the Accessibility Commissioner, speaking of our Accessible Canada Act. One of the things it actually did was require the hiring of an accessibility commissioner who is responsible for fielding and re, and re, responding to complaints nice. on lack of compliance for, of the Accessible Canada Act. Uh, and his name is Michael Gottheil and he was just installed, <laughs> uh, p- appointed this year. And he's he wants to have a fireside chat, so it's going to be interactive for a half an hour. So uh, everybody should come with their questions for uh, Commissioner I, Gottheil.
0: Half an hour? Wow, that's it's so so long <laughs> to, to to really talk about I all, the, all the I think we could do it. I think we could do an
2: hour. I I yes. really do. But wow, okay, um, we're well, not just
1: have to just have to pepper <laughs> him real quick. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and then we have four, we have a panel of four. Uh, we have uh, Penny Bennett, who may, many of you will know as, Pe- uh, as her former name, Penny LeClaire, and she is a deafblind advocate. Robert Hansen, who was a a para-athlete, he he was a swimmer for 17 years. He's got lots of medals because of that and lots of awards and he's an advocate now. Keenan Weller from Live, Work, Play in Ottawa, which is an organization that helps people with cognitive disabilities and and or autism. And then we have Sandia Rao from iBug Today, many blind people will know iBug today as a technology training uh, organization in the States. They have a website, they provide tons and tons of free training, Uh, and she's a lawyer and has been working in the, the court of Texas for the last 20 some odd years. And she does, and she's the VP and co-founder of iBug today. So she's going to be speaking. Well, that's our pa- our panel. And it's going to be from one to four on on Zoom. Uh it's also going to be pro- uh, simulcast on AMI audio. Uh Joita Gupta of the Pulse is going to be our, our AMI co-host.
1: And that's one to four Eastern. And- yes sorry sorry
2: sorry yes i I forget where i'm where this podcast (laughs) is going coming from yes one to (laughs) four eastern 10 till 10 a.m to 1 p.m pacific uh via zoom and the the uh registration is via eventbrite or via email to aebctoronto at gmail.com if you can't get Eventbrite to work, uh, the app is much better than the website.
0: And and anybody can attend.
2: Oh, anybody can attend, and I even sent I even set it up so that they there are some U.S. and U.S. numbers in the uh-huh. uh, in the the email that will be sent out to registrants.
1: And it is One. free. It, it is
2: free yeah. it is free 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 and well, it's going to be amazing uh it's going to be three hours of fascinating discussion
3: yeah
0: well hey listen we got a real listener in russia so you might i <laughs> need to put a russian number in there
2: well okay. they can still use the zoom link <laughs> you know the <laughs> it'll get them in there all, all right, right so are... there
0: you go there you go setlana you're you're, you're set that's right. Um, we
2: don't we don't have any restrictions on any, you know, coming through from other places.
0: Yeah, I think
1: that's thanks, it.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Well,
1: I'm glad we could fit you into the schedule so quickly. You know, <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. this out and into the world into the wild wood. Wild wood, into the wilds. <laughs> it's the wild wood. Wild wood. Huh.
2: How about Wild World?
1: Wild World. There you go. <laughs> I gotta stop drinking
0: at noon. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's you see you get you get a lot more work out of them if you can them to stop drinking it, now. Don't tell her that.
2: Uh, yeah, well, so he didn't. He didn't say when he started. Right? That's right. He didn't. That didn't
0: come up at the nomination meeting. No uh well listen it was an absolute delight talking to you best of luck uh that is just remind our audience again when when is the event it's uh
2: saturday december the third which is in a week and a half
0: there you Uh, go
2: less than two weeks away wow
0: (laughs) perfect and we will uh be posting the link in our show notes so make everybody's interested go down check it out and register (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, again, once again, thanks so much for uh, taking time out and talking with us and uh, best of luck uh, on AMI tomorrow.
2: Thank you. I'll need it. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be fine. It's a, it's a Skype adventure. <laughs> Skype?
0: God, That's hey, not even worse. Microsoft Teams? Nope. Really? It's a
2: Skype adventure. <laughs> no
0: kidding. AMI, oh, what my. are you doing? Call us AMI. We'll help you with your tech issues. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> my goodness
2: oh yeah skype is always an, an adventure for me it, wow. i never know whether it's gonna work properly or not uh but well it's because used... it's skype yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> i know that's all you have to say <laughs>
1: AMI i's moving their shows onto youtube live and what's going yeah. on they can't yeah. wow skype taking you
2: back yeah. in time Skype's to 2005.
3: Consistent. That's right. And
2: then, what's the one that I? There's a different one for uh, for the one that I'm doing with Joeda on Friday. It's River something. Oh,
0: Riverside, oh, Riverside, Riverside FM. FM.
2: Thank you. Yeah, yeah Riverside yeah, something.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll they're... see
2: how that works. <laughs> that should be that
0: should be okay. I'll be that'll go much smoother than Skype.
2: Uh, oh yeah, That's always I, an adventure. Yeah. It is. That's what I always say. Ooh. I always laugh because I never know what's gonna happen.
0: <laughs> we, there, there, there was a there was a very brief period in our show where we tried Skype, tried to use Skype, <laughs> and we gave up yeah. real quick. So. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, listen, we will let you go back out into the wild woods. Uh, once <laughs>
2: <again>. <laughs> You're not
0: going to live that one down. No, right? Probably uh,
1: not. not. Uh, so it's not recorded. Yeah, so yeah, not.
0: We don't let live. We don't let anyone live anything down around here. No, that uh, is true. But uh, have a great rest of your night. And uh, Thank you. thanks again.
3: Thank Alrighty. you.
0: Hey ben, have okay. A good May Bye,
2: Bye. Nice to meet you, Rob. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> Feel
0: Bye. better. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. 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 Well, there you go. Who knew you were up to so much uh, uh, after hours? Yeah, and before work. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's you? there's a
1: lot of stuff. They, there's yeah. multiple meetings each week. There's um open chats as well. So like the BC affiliate Thursday nights, um, at eight, we'll have an open chat where, you know, members and others can just come and hang out.
0: Right. Kind of like our old zoom rooms. Well, and you know, when you think about it and you think about advocacy and and how it all works, uh, you know, it's, it's so incredibly hard when you're, when you're part of a community that Like, and let's, uh, you know, I'll go to right to script talk again, because that's a perfect Mm -hmm. example of something that's small and simple, but so important. Like the fact that you have inaccessible prescription labels Mm -hmm. for years and years and years and years. And we have this technology that allows us to produce labels that can talk. So you can actually identify your medication. Yep. So important. So important life or death. You're, and you're part of that community. Where do you go? Like, how do you advocate for pharmacies, to, to implement this technology. Like you, there, there, there's nobody advocating for you. So that's why, you know, grassroots organizations like ABC is so important because they can take those issues and they can make noise about them and they can advocate for the community and make that happen, you know, because otherwise, you know, you try to, to try to crack that at a federal level, like, you know, go talk to your MLA who has to talk to this person, that person, and to try to, like push through some sort of legislation that takes monumental effort and years and years and years to even get close to doing well. And if
1: people can't get it accomplished, then sometimes they have to go through the human rights complaints and that can take
0: even longer as well. Right. So. Exactly. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, that's why it's important to have these organizations on the ground that can, that can help with some of that stuff. Well, and
1: that may be a good question to ask our upcoming guest in a couple of weeks who has had an experience trying to get his local pharmacy to bring on script talk and yeah, it's
0: been an uphill battle. You know, and that's just one of dozens. I mean, you go on the AB website and you look at the different advocacy issues and it's you know, it's huge. It's huge. And you know, every disability group, I'm sure has has a list like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat>
1: And that's right. why we have to work together, you know, and agree when we need to agree and agree to disagree so that we can continue moving forward with yeah. the accessibility for everyone. It's not just about Ryan's needs. It's about the community's needs yeah. as a whole, because you're never, ever going to meet the needs of the individual.
0: Right. Right. That's right. So. And so I've noticed you've been a lot less grumpy and a lot more positive since you you joined them as well. Really? You I think, think so. so? I think so. Oh, it might, maybe it's just my imagination, or maybe it's the cold meds. You'd have to ask my know.
1: wife because I think she'd disagree. <laughs> is that right? Okay, well, <laughs> like yeah, I said, we be- are busy. We are busy. There's yeah. a lot of stuff happening. A lot of stuff going on, and we're just one organization, like you said. You yeah, know, the CCB is doing work. The CFB, CNIB, yeah. you know, and that's just the blindness community, right? So, yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of work being done for in in yeah. the disability arena. So. If you want to get involved, get involved because any one of us can use you.
0: Well, okay. Well, let's talk about that then. How can people get involved if they want to get involved? Well, they
1: can reach out to info at blindcanadians.ca. I had to think about that for a second. Um, That's probably the best way to reach us because you can go to our website, which is blindcanadians.ca. But as we mentioned in the show, it is being redeveloped, redesigned. We were hoping to launch the new site here in December to coincide with uh, international persons with disabilities, but it looks like it's going to be postponed a little bit. So you can still go to our website, check it out, blindcanadians.ca. Best way to reach us if you want more information is to send an email
0: to info
1: at blindcanadians.ca.
0: All right. Wow. Well, since you're on a roll, uh, hey, Ryan. Rob. uh, Where can people find AT Banter? They can find at banter over at atbanter.com. Sorry, I had to, I had to rush through the outro because I'm dying here. That's fine. I got it. I got it. I got to go lie down on the couch. Absolutely. They, uh, they can also um, send us an email. That, thank you. <laughs> send us. <laughs> Man, that time all cold and flu really, really, really packs a punch. Uh, they can also send us an email to uh, Cowbell at uh
1: at banter.com and they can find us on facebook and twitter we're not on instagram don't go there it's a dumpster fire
0: hey no well okay it, it's fine but who knows i mean honestly they're not gonna be able to find us on twitter soon twitter's twitter's got going on we so are still on twitter and i have not I know. moved us i
1: haven't moved us over to mastodon yet but i can
0: well, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I, we, I think we got to see how this whole thing shakes out. I mean, we're waiting. Well, that's with the why rest we haven't left Twitter watch yet. them. Yeah, that's why them. I
1: haven't left Twitter yet. I'm still on Twitter, but I'm also on Mastodon on now. So
0: I haven't used Twitter in ages now because I'm just like I don't even know what's there anymore because well, I, I know you, know you guys don't Donald look at Trump. our feed. So <laughs> they don't. They, don't they let Donald Trump back onto it. It's it's going to just be crazy. There's no sort of fact checking anymore. Well,
1: and there's really. At some point, the accessibility is going to go downhill. He, he laid off all, or fired all of his yeah. accessibility department. Yeah. I right? mean, so I like just, I mean, it's just going
3: right over the He pissed off a
1: lot of people.
0: <laughs> going right over the cliff, which is fascinating to watch.
1: So. It is. Yeah. So stay tuned for more information on yeah. where you can find AT Banter.
0: That's right. It could be changing. I don't know. We may we'll just start our maybe, own
1: social media network. Maybe we'll lean
0: in. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, that is going to about do it for us this week. Big thanks, of course, from RC for joining us. And we will see everybody next Next week. week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com or call us toll-free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them
3: online at chaostechnicalservices.com.